1: so good evening and welcome to Charlton live this is the big match preview my name is Louis Mendes, and joining me on this week's show as we gear up for Saturday's trip up to Yorkshire to face Barnsley at Oakwell first up Mr Tom Wallin how are you doing Tom?
2: Yeah, I'm all right, mate. How are you?
1: Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Well, sure, I'm distracted, I guess. I think Wales are playing at the moment, aren't they? Or about to kick off?
2: Yeah, seven forty-five. They're off.
1: So uh, yeah, let listeners yeah.
2: behind the curtain. It hasn't kicked off just yet.
1: Yeah, they'll be losing by the time uh, we uh, we finish recording, of course. Playing Belgium, so it's a tough game. Also joining us uh, is Mr. Nathan Miller, who's not distracted at all because England don't play until tomorrow. The real, the real country.
3: Hello, boys. Uh, nice, to right, si- nice to speak to you again. Yeah, yeah of cool, course. It's living the dream. dream. Always Loving life and uh, like you say, Lou. Looking forward to the Wales game. I've put a little bet on a handicap of minus ten to Belgium. <laughs> so, uh, so
2: rubbish odds though. It was like one to twenty on apparently. So you're uh, optimistic. Yeah, <laughs> one to ten. <laughs> I'd have gone. <laughs> I'd have gone handicap twenty probably. Yeah,
1: Johnny Williams playing.
2: I don't know if he starting up fr- actually
1: up front with Chris Gunter. Oh wow, the the the, uh, the dream duo.
2: Let's oh, uh, let's have worry. a quick look. I'd Adam
1: Matthews at right back. With. Yeah, I'd just yeah. disband that country now if Chris Gunter's playing for himself.
0: <laughs> up front or just
2: generally?
1: Well, I'd, I was willing to disband Chutwood if Chris Gunter signed another <laughs> another year on with us. So there we go. Right. I mean, whilst Tom is looking up the Wales starting lineup, uh, let's uh, let's gear up for today's show. So, of course, we're looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to Barnsley. Uh, the addicts going uh, in search of a first win in six in the league. So we're going to look ahead to that game. We're going to hear uh, from one of our uh, better players recently, Scott Fraser. Uh, speaking about life uh, as a new dad, uh, and of course the start to the season, and looking ahead to that game uh, with Barnsley, we've got some reaction to the women's team win uh, over Birmingham uh, during the week. We're going to hear from Ella Rutherford uh, uh, from a Barnsley point of view. We're going to look ahead to the game. Uh, Carlo van der Watering uh, from the Reds report. Now, it, it really make sure you stay stay around for that part, of a bit of audio, because basically Carlo is a Dutchman who's lived in Barnsley for 30 years, so he has a remarkable accent. Uh, definitely worth uh, listening out for, uh, and then. From finally, just a nice story that's happened recently. Our under-13-14s team uh, went out to the Madrid Cup. So we're going to hear from Reese Williams, uh, head of coaching in the academy, uh, a little bit about that remarkable trip for those young lads and how that was all funded uh, by the fans in Valley Gold. So let's hear, first of all, from Mr Scott Fraser, uh, shall we? Uh, the Addicts uh, midfielder uh, has recently become a father. Uh, and uh, before looking ahead to Saturday's game uh, with Barnsley, he was asked... Uh, while speaking to Charlton TV, how the arrival of his and his partner's baby has changed his life.
4: Yeah, uh, drastically already, as you say, in the space of a week. Um, it goes from everything about you to you're the least of the worries. Um, and she becomes the priority, which is um, what we've found. But it's been amazing. Um, we've, we've really enjoyed it so far and long, long may it continue.
5: You missed um, the Forest Green game, but we're back. At Fleetwood on Saturday, did you manage to get much sleep in that in that time?
4: No, that was the (laughs) yeah. So we went into the hospital Sunday night. Um, We we got out Wednesday uh, morning, and then I travelled down to Stoke to meet the boys um, on Friday. Trained, travelled up to Fleetwood. Obviously played. Can't remember much of the the game, (laughs) Um, particularly the first half. It was one of them where. You're just, you're just trying to you know get your teeth and get through, um, and we've done that in the end, as a team. As a team we've done that, and um, I think the most sleep I got was probably on the Friday night before, before that game. Are
5: you, are you someone who now is going to be looking forward to the long away trips, because it means you get a full night's sleep?
4: Yeah, well, that, that was another thing. Obviously, playing over the years, you, know, you play with a lot of people who have had newborns, um, and they say that's the, their their favourite times away trips. Uh, so no, it'll be interested to see how I cope um, getting away. I think for the misses, I'll be on Facetime quite a lot anyway. Um, but you know, it's it's something as footballers that we need to we need to accept. You know, we're in a very fortunate position that we get to do it. Uh, so yeah, um, I will be making sure I take full advantage of a, a good night's sleep.
5: Your starts the season three goals. Already from midfield, how pleased have you been with the start you've made?
4: Yeah, I've been really pleased. Um, I think I could have a couple more as well if I'm being critical. Um, but yeah, I think I think we've had a decent enough start. Um, there's performances. I think they've been they've been good uh, for the majority of them individually. I think yeah, I think I've got better as the season's gone on. Um, I always knew. That would be the case, you know, I think every player, the more games you play, the the better rhythm you get, the sharper you get. So I had no doubt on that. Um, the goals as well, it's something that I like to I like to bring to my game. I think it's important from midfield, particularly in the way we play with the 4-3-3, the two two eights with the two wingers and the one striker. I think it's important that the two eights are chipping in and thankfully I managed to do that and now obviously not the distraction but I obviously knew the baby was was due. Um to now she's here, um I could stop worrying about that side of it and and concentrate on football as well now.
5: And how much are you enjoying the system? Because I think, I mean, it, it's probably fair to say that off the midfield three, you've probably got the most licence to, to get yourself in the box. How much are you enjoy
4: it? Yeah, well, that's what I see myself as as more of an attacking midfielder. Um, someone who likes to get goals, get assists, create chances. And I like the responsibility that the gaffer puts on me in that sense. You know, he's always, he's always on to me about what he wants from me. Um, I know he expects highly of me I think the system suits a lot of the boys here obviously we've recruited well for that system um, but we can adapt I think we have got good players here who can adapt to different sort of ways the gaffer wants to play um, I think in terms of the main shape that we've been playing I think for me personally it's brilliant I think I think it's you look at the best teams in the world majority are playing that sort of shape I think it, the way we, we like to play it gives us good control good, gives us good balance um, so yeah it's just about it's about us being more ruthless, I think, in b- both boxes. I think from box to box, I think we're very good. I think we control a lot of the games. I think we need to, we also need to score more goals. I think the, we create so many chances. Even Fleetwood again there, you know, we, we create enough enough chances to go and win that game quite quite comfortably in the end, but we don't score. Um, and then teams are getting, you know, one or two chances a game against us and they're, they're taking one or two of them. So that's something we need to get better on, It's something that we work on a lot in training. Um, and as I say, we're only nine games into what is a brand new way of playing, brand new shape, system, everything. So we'll, I will no doubt we'll, we'll only continue to get better.
5: Barnsley to come on Saturday, I mean, you could say they're in kind of a similar boat to us in that they've got a new manager, they're a big club at this level. Um, do you think Saturday is going to be sort of won or lost in those two boxes, like you say?
4: Yeah, I think majority of football matches are, you know, if you can score goal and keep it up at the other end, you're going to win games. Um, they've obviously, I think, I think they've had quite a big squad overhaul as well. Um, as you say, after relegation, new manager, they'll have a new way of playing, I'd imagine, we'll see much of them. Um, so yeah, it'll be, I think you look at the away games we've had this season, bar Bolton, first half Bolton, um, you know, went to Sheffield Wednesday, we, we were the better team, we should win that game. But I think it's it's going to get to the stage where we can't keep saying you know we should have won we could have won. I think we need to go and to go and show that we are a good team for longer spells of those games, and when we get the chances to be ruthless, as I say, at both ends.
5: I mean, you touched on it there. No away win yet. Does that play on minds at all?
4: No, not yet. I don't. I don't, I don't think. Just again, because we're so early on in the season. Um, I think if we were going away from home, and getting battered every away game, we would be. You know, you'd probably think about it more, but I think, as I say, maybe bar first half at Bolton, I don't think we've we've been uh, not class whatsoever. I think we've been in every game. Um, we've been on top in a lot of those games as well. So I think it's important to just. Have faith in what we're doing. You know, keep listening to the coaches. Keep working for each other, and you know the results will come. I want no doubt.
1: Lovely stuff. Great to hear from Scott Fraser there. Looking ahead uh, to the trip to Barnsley at the end, but I mean, it must be a real, uh, a, a real interesting time for a footballer. who has to deal with all those late nights and, uh, well, sleepless nights. have I found out myself recently, Naif, and then and then having to worry about football as well.
3: Yeah, I, I, obviously I've not experienced that luckily for me, but um, I do feel your pain and I can only assume that it's hard work, but um, <clears throat> yeah, hopefully he's not having too many, hopefully he's got a good egg there and not keeping him up too too late, because obviously well, he can't breastfeed, can he? So hopefully um, he don't get too bothered by it and he can put some performances in, because I love that guy, I love Scotty Fraser, I think he adds yeah. something different to the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, thanks for clarifying that he can't breastfeed as well. But I mean, just it, in it, case it,
3: there was anyone any any doubt, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I hope you've run that past him and have actually actually checked. I mean, I would say I mean, you, you say you love the player, Naif. I mean, tell us a bit more about about what you think he sort of brought to the team this season. Obviously, we know he he struggled a little bit last year with his fitness the fitness problems. He had COVID quite nasty after he joined us from from Ipswich, and I think yeah, he said himself we didn't get to see the best of him in the second half of last season. But um, certainly, seen those improvements this year.
3: Oh, 100%. I think I think he offers us that little bit of class on the ball, which I think we've lacked in, in previous years. I still don't think we've seen, you know, the best of him yet. I still think we're trying to get a system that we can consistently play well in, which, you know, the results show that we're not really cooking on on fire at the moment. But he gives us that, he's a clever player, you know, at this level, a really clever player. I remember him at, obviously, Burton at MK Dons, where he run the game when we played him just after the COVID Um covid uh, sort of pandemic um but yeah i just think he gives us that little bit of class and he he has an eye for a ball but I, it's i just really want him to do well because i think he's a player so good at this level if he's on song and um i just think he gives us that little bit of sass if that's the word in the middle of the pitch
1: sass i like it i mean uh, three goals already from uh, midfield as well tom I mean it's been a massive bugbear uh, for us over the last few years, so we don't really have goal-scoring midfielders. It's felt like for a while, um, so I'm hoping that it will improve on that tally. But it's certainly been a good start for him in that department.
2: We sold Johnny Williams, didn't we? That was the problem. So, uh, who, by the way, is starting on the bench tonight? Sadly, so um, yeah,
1: two goals in his entire Charlton career. Yeah,
2: there's numbers and numbers. You know, you can you can choose. <laughs> Were to they in like those. two weeks
3: as well, or something. Yeah,
2: yeah, two two, hot, two games, I think exactly yeah. so uh yeah he was just getting into his peak sadly and then we got rid of him but never mind but uh <laughs> yeah i think what we're seeing from from Fraser, cuz i know when we signed him Nath was excited about him coming in and what he could offer and um i think we're starting to see that now uh, back end of last season he, he didn't really show it um i think it, i don't know if we got him direct from ipswich but i know he'd had some time at ipswich anyway and uh, family who 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 support him kind of weren't that impressed with him either but I think this year, I don't know if it's the system or or what, but he just looks a lot more switched on. He looks a lot more comfortable. And yeah, it's kind of like that season where Forster Kasky was just going on that nice run of getting in the box and being more direct and looking more forward. and, And Fraser's doing all of those things. So yeah, it's a huge asset for us. And as you say, with Stockley not getting some of the goals, with the formation kind of lending itself to players like the midfield, getting in the box, getting around scoring goals, I think, you know, that's what we wanted from Gilby before and didn't really see that. I think there was a real opportunity there for Fraser to to grab that with both hands and make that position his own. Um, And I think the week that we missed him, um, you know, it was very obvious that he wasn't in the team. And yeah, I thought he was excellent on on Saturday up at Fleetwood, particularly that second half. Um, He came off, didn't he, I think, in the second half at some point, if I'm right. But um, yeah, I thought he he was one who had a good game. even in that first half where largely the team was a bit disappointing. So, yeah, I think he offers us something that maybe we haven't had a lot of in in the last few years. And as you say there, we're going to need goals from all over the pitch. And I think we've got them already. Um, As I said last week, I know the 6-1 or 6-0 kind of skews things a little bit in terms of the goals we've scored, but we are scoring most games. And, um, yeah, he's been a big part of that
1: hmm yeah i mean he, he's spoken in, in that interview about feeling like we haven't necessarily got the results that our performances deserve but I, i'm not entirely sure I, I agree with that over the last few weeks i think you know maybe we could have nicked it on on saturday up at fleetwoods um but i mean we, we had a particularly poor first half um up there and, and i think we have struggled in, in recent weeks nathan you know the forest green game was half an hour Half an hour of good stuff, and the, and then the rest of it was actually pretty pretty tame. You know, Wickham I thought was was similar. We had a good spell Bolton. Obviously, the the less said about the first half there, uh, the better. And then the Cambridge game at home wasn't wasn't great either. It was a bit flat. Uh, those all coming off the back of that five one win against Plymouth. I think s- since then I don't feel like we've we've been consistent enough, even in single games. I don't think we've shown long enough spells of dominance or, or what we're about. So it's interesting you said that because I don't I don't think I quite agree with what he had to say there.
3: Yeah, I feel I thought you think the word you said consistency there is that is is the um you know the the main point there really. I think I think this year we are obviously we've drawn five, we've only lost two, so we're we're a lot harder to beat. Um, I know obviously the Bolton game was a bit shocking defensively, but we are more um, I would say defensively sound than we were in previous years but now it's the other end of the pitch where we're not killing games off or um, as you say we play well in one half and not the other so consistency at the moment is is what where our problem is and that's why we're sitting in the middle of the table because what first half not so good or good and the second half vice versa so I think that's probably where our problems are lying, and we just need to try and build that consistency up I think the the longer it goes on with, with Stockley I think that's going to be playing on his mind, um, and obviously everyone knows the sort of the situation with Chucks and should we've got someone else in to sort of do the bur- like, you know ease the burden, and Miles is coming in. So I think yeah, it's just like you say that consistency. That's what we're really craving for, um, and keeping people fit. Really, um, I know we're getting a lot of players back, Egbo's back, and obviously Chucks is on the mend. So I think we just need to try and build that consistency up. And I think it's, it take, and we said back right at the, you know, at the beginning of the season, it's going to take time to implement this new style. It's not going to be, you know, all Barcelona, you know, from day one, and we're going to be trouncing people five one six one, of you know seven zero and all that. There's going to be downtime, and we're going to give silly goals away. But it's the progress, um, and at least we're not. We do look like we're a good side, and we're just missing that little bit of cutting edge at the moment. So. We just need to keep working at it, keep getting behind the boys. I know it's frustrating at times, but um, we've just got to keep at it, mate, and try and gain that and build that consistency up in the rest of the fixtures.
1: Mm, I mean, one, one thing we have been consistent at is is drawing games. I think other than Fleetwood, we, we've drawn a second most, uh, or, or ironically drawn drawing that stat with a, a few other teams in second as well. But um, we, we, we haven't won in five now. Tommy, I mean, it's becoming a bit of a concern for me. There's, I know, no saying it there, but we, we we can't sit here and thinking, right, we're we're going to turn the corner soon. Especially when, as I say, there's been too many spells in games for me where we we, we haven't really looked at it. So we we need to arrest this this winless run pretty soon. Starting ideally with with a really tough test uh, up at Barnsley on Saturday.
2: Yeah, I think the last couple of shows I've been on, um, or sort of pre-match shows, certainly, I know I said it ahead of the Fleetwood game that. We were looking at that game and, and I probably said it about the Forest Green one as well. You, you look at that and you think we should be getting something from those games and, and, and probably three points. Certainly the Forest Green at home, I think we probably should have. So, yeah, I think we've said it for two or three weeks now. And, and again, as I said, at that point, the longer that goes on, the, the kind of bigger concern it becomes. And you're right, we're now... Coming up against a, a much tougher test, um, I think there were opportunities in those last two games to actually take the three points. Here, I think ordinarily you look at it and you think if you come out of Barnsley with a point, you'd probably be happy. But as you say, given the run we're on, which hasn't been you know catastrophic, but it has been a long time without a win, it gets that little bit more important. And um, yeah, as we've all said, we we know what we are this season, and we know realistically what where we can probably expect to be um but if we don't want to be any worse than that and we certainly don't want to be looking over our shoulder then we're going to have to start turning some of these draws into wins and based on the second half of Fleetwood it, you know I'm not going to say that performance blew me away but based on that you and the Plymouth game which I know we've said is a little bit of an anomaly you can see that that's in there you know we really took it to Fleetwood in that second half and could easily have scored three maybe even four goals there so it is in us but at the same time we also still look so shaky at the back and That's something that that can be worked on in the training ground and can be sorted. And and I've got confidence in them to do that. But it's definitely something we want to turn around sooner rather than later. Because as Joe said on Sunday's show, we're only one win off the playoffs, which is a bit mad. So, you know, we put a a run of two or three wins together. Suddenly we are up in that top six. And whether we stay there or not, I don't know. But at least it's part of the conversation and it it keeps things exciting for a bit. So, uh, yeah, tough test uh, this weekend. But who knows? Maybe this will be the one that, that starts to turn the tide.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen uh, I've seen stats that suggest, um, in in terms of um, open uh, open play, sort of uh, XG, we've got the highest in the league, uh, and we've got the lowest in the league when it comes to uh, uh, set play. Uh, (laughs) So so XG, so uh, it's clear we we do have the ability to create goals. Now, interestingly, as well, uh, in terms of um, XG uh, from open play. Uh, against, I think we're, we're pretty high up the table as well. Like the uh, one, two, three, four, like fourth or fifth. Uh, so, so it does show that we are quite open as well. That that um, that, that you just mentioned there, Tom, in terms of defensively. Um, I mean, looking at the team news ahead of Saturday, um, the main one, I guess, Jojo Wallacott's going to be off with Ghana uh, for the international break, so we have to deal without him. Now, that is going to be an interesting decision uh, for Men Ghana to make because he hasn't elected to use. Uh, Craig will at any point during the the League Cup and and the uh, you know the Papa John's game so far, um, but he has been on the bench during those games, so you'd expect he'd come in. There is also Nathan Harness if he's fit, which uh, as far as I know he is. Um, so I mean, it'd be interesting to see which way he goes there, um, Ben Bengana, uh, because I mean he, he's he's not really put his trust in, in Craig McIvoray so far this season, and and to be fair, from what I've seen last year, probably with good reason, Neve.
3: Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, if he do, I mean, if we go down the road and he plays Nathan Harness, it just begs the question why we kept Craig in the first place. Because um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure he, he wouldn't have been. I don't think. I think he probably would have had a couple of suitors, whether it be a loan or a transfer. So, I'd be amazed if he doesn't start with Craig. Um, but for all that we know, you know, if Craig stayed and if he's going to try and out, you know, and take Jojo's place, then he would have had to. Improve on certain obvious elements of his game with in terms of his footwork and 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 with with the ball at his feet and stuff. So who knows? He might have been, play, you know, Shimwell might be training him hard, and he's improved on that for all we know. But I'd be amazed if he doesn't start him. If he does, I think it, yeah, it just begs the question: why, you know, why why are we paying these wages if he's not going to even play when our first choice isn't there? So. Um, but saying that Nathan, Nathan Harness, when I've seen him in the cup game, he's looked good. He's he's had some good games. He looks assured. But um, in my opinion, I I, I would play Craig McGivern because that's what he's there for. Is your number two? So, um, but we I'm I'm sure we'll see. Come two o'clock on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean Ryan Innes is coming back from uh, his suspension. Is that is that a, a swap you'd like to see him coming back in? Tom, obviously Sam Lavelle has played um, like last week up at up at Fleetwood.
2: As I said in my last thing, I think that the, the defence has looked shaky kind of at all times uh, and definitely did uh, on Saturday up at Fleetwood. And I'm kind of caught in two minds there because I think if they have been shaky and Lavelle himself was guilty of a couple of errors, you think, well, let's take him out and put Innes in. But I think that what I'm leaning towards is actually what we need in that back four is a little bit of consistency because O'Connell's new. Um, Claydon, obviously not for the club, is new, but hasn't played a lot in the first team. Obviously, Egbo just coming back as well. Uh, and Jojo, obviously in goal, is new as well. So I think probably they need a period of consistency. Um, I don't know enough about who Barnsley have got up top to know whether the physical aspects of Innes would be better served there. But I think for me, I'd like to see, if we can, just try and keep the same back for, for four or five weeks let them get to know each other a little bit better um, and I know that maybe sounds a bit silly because we're getting into the kind of meat of the season now but for me it, it still feels a little bit like they haven't quite got a sense of each other's playing style yet and so that that's where sometimes mistakes are creeping in so um, I think it's good to have him as an option off the bench we've seen him come on and kind of shore things up if we're ahead in games but I'd like to see a bit of consistency there over the next few weeks if possible.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, is, is there any other clear-cut chance? I mean, we did try that different formation at Fleetwood in, in the first half. We went to the 3-5-2 the, the with, with Raksaki alongside Stockley, you know, Stockley who's looked isolated. And as I said on on Sunday, even after that, Fleetwood came where we played Raksaki alongside him. He still he somehow looked even more isolated. Like, I mean, we, we then changed to the 4-3-3 three, three, and then I don't know if it was like a 4-4-2 four, four, at the end of the game when, when Leeburn came on uh, and scored. But I mean, is, is there room for... Tinkering there in the shape that you'd like to see, Nath. Uh,
3: I think I think it was a good idea to try and play with a two up top, as you say, because Jaden's been isolated. But I think for me, for Jesrin I don't think it will work that well, in my opinion, because I think Jez is one of those players that runs into space instead of playing with his back to goal or um, you know one of those poacher sort of on the shoulder sort of player. So, but at the moment we haven't got any other option apart from Miles. So if you start with both of them with Jaden and Miles and you need to change the game, you haven't really got a lot. And then you've got two strikers who've played, what, 60-plus minutes and you ain't got any fresh legs. So I get why he's tried it. Um, Jez in the middle of the park can be tricky, but I still think he's better when he's got space one-on-one and, you know, he can try and make something. But I said it, you know, before I was away, I think the problem that I'm having at the moment is the two players we're relying on, it seems, the two really young kids in terms of, you know, Miles... And Jez, and this is Jez's first proper senior season, and then there's gonna, there's gonna come a time where Jez needs a rest. Um, you know, he's not been playing senior football, so he will need a rest. But I mean, the, the options we've got. What else have you got? You know, you can't really play Corey up through the middle. Um, you know, Kirk you can't really play him through the middle. Chucks is injured, so we haven't really got a, unless you then bring Carnu in. Carnu could probably play in a two, but again, that's. Even, you know, more less experience than Miles. So, I get why he tried to put the two up there. But at the moment, I don't think we've got the personnel to just do it right now. When Chucks is fit, if he's fit, then, yeah, maybe then you can do it then and Miles can come off the bench or whatever. But, um, yeah, I can see it's just going back to the usual 4 3, three. Um, I don't know. I th- I th- I'm pretty sure- I could be wrong, but I think Barnsley only play with Cole up front, Devante Cole, who's got pace. Mm. Um, and then they play two behind him. But I could be wrong. And they got yeah, no, they've got James Norwood on the bench.
1: They play a 3-4-2-1. We'll speak a bit more yeah. about Barnsley later on. But yeah, Devante Cole uh, already tripled his goal return uh, from last season by getting three so far this year. Only got one last year uh, for Barnsley. We'll uh, speak a little bit more about the tights later on uh, in the show. As we said, we've got Carlo van der Watering uh, from the Reds report who can tell us all about Michael Duff's aside. But I mean, before before we uh, be, we head into the break, um, fun and games at the value this week, I mean, for anyone who isn't travelling up to Barnsley... I mean, there there will be commentary on BBC Radio London if you want to tune into that. The full game uh, will be live from Barnsley uh, on BBC Radio London if you want to listen to that. Obviously, you've got Charlton TV as well, uh, where you can watch it. Um, Those, there may be some Charlton fans, but there certainly are going to be a lot of people at the Valley on Saturday because it's the uh, the Sidemen game, uh, the YouTube All Stars against Sidemen. Uh, some of you that will, will mean very like almost nothing to some like me will mean very little. Uh, I, I've just about heard of the side men now because they've been there three times, uh, and I've heard a couple of the main characters. But um, yeah, for most of you, probably have no idea who that is. Um, but I mean, a little bit of controversy this week, Tom. Were you, were you spitting feathers at the fact that for some reason the badge was being covered up to stick something else on, and uh, since that's now been reversed because people weren't happy?
2: Uh, no, I, I don't care in the slightest. Um, I think what upset me most about it is I felt very, very old because, like you, I I don't, I don't, still don't know who the sidemen are. I tried to Google them earlier, and uh, I think it's KSI. Is that a person or if someone? Yeah, he's, th- he's one of them, yeah. He's right. one of the chaps. So he's I have to, pe- heard of him. People back in the
1: day used to play a bit of FIFA on their computer and it somehow became billionaires from it. Like, I used to play a bit of FIFA. No one gave me any money.
2: No, I'm still playing a bit of FIFA, and I've got no money. So... Um, yeah, he was somebody that I have heard of. I didn't know why he was famous, but I do now. So, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't care less. If, if the club gets any sort of money out of it, then then I suppose that's a good thing. But, no, I understand why some people might not like it because it's part of our identity and it's... Here's our stadium and, obviously, I have pride in our badge. But for the sake of this, it's not like they're covering it on a match day or sticking it over with a Millwall badge or something. So, um, although Nath might like that, I suppose. But, no, on the whole, I was... I was it was a bit of a nothing story for me but you know if people I think what's quite reassuring out of it is that the uh Thomas oh, I almost called him Roland then Thomas has uh come out and and taken it down uh and, and listened to fans which is something we've spoken about on and off kind of over the last few weeks so uh yeah, it's not, probably not the, the biggest thing he could have done in terms of the times he could listen to the fans, but it's a start, I suppose.
1: Yeah, there we go. Right, let's have a break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, uh, we'll look ahead a bit more to the trip uh, up to Barnsley. We've got some content from the women's team. Uh, and, and as I said, that wonderful story about the under 13 and 14s team uh, going out to the Madrid Cup.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts?
6: so, to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at slash switch.
4: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for
0: limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
7: Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pisses there. Bell with a head up. And his job. Just... Yeah, oh, he's Oh, Patrick you absolute German
1: beauty! Dreamland! has gone! with seconds remaining. We've done it! too! Get in! Come on! What a time to be a hero. here at Wembley! Oh my word!
7: Oh my oh, word! My word.
1: Charlton Live. Well, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Louis Mendez, Nathan Muller and Tom Wallin looking ahead to Saturday's trip uh, up to Barnsley. Now, last Sunday, uh, the women's team uh, were strutting their stuff at the Valley and they did so emphatically with a 3-0 win uh, over Birmingham uh, City. Let's hear uh, the highlights of the game and then some reaction uh, from one of the scorers, Ella Rutherford.
7: Rourke ball into the box, just too high for Johnson. But can it fall on that far side of Folli? She's trying to bring it under control. That's a lovely reverse pass and a slot it in. And John had the lead. And who are we talking about? <laughs> all right. Rutherford slots the ball home. The Alex have the lead in the opening four minutes. Perfect start. Well, what's the
1: opposite of the commentators' curse? Because <laughs> whatever it is, it's just happened. I well, actually initially thought the cross from the left-hand side they would have been a bit disappointed that no one really gambled on it in the middle, but then Follis was just able to make something of it at, at the far post, and when it fell to Rutherford, well... I the if I was to have one so criticism easy. of her last season I don't think she took enough of her chances in the latter stage of it, so she'd be really pleased with that finish. Johnson's there, can't get the first touch, second touch
7: comes in! And it's Addison, who gets the second goal. The dropping ball, thought it might be Johnson's. It was into the six-yard box, Birmingham couldn't deal with it. And as it dropped, thought Johnson might be the first to get there, but it wouldn't drop for her. It's almost like Addison stuck out a leg to that, uh, when she realised Johnson couldn't get there and guided <laughs> so the pass. It's a for the Angela
1: <laughs> We're delighted for Angela, I think she deserves it on her performance yeah, so gone. far
7: looking for Johnson uh, Rutherford but it's uh, too far ahead of him. Johnson battling away for the ball though it does really well comes away with it Rutherford takes over looks to shoot does shoot oh he's <laughs> in <laughs> a cracking goal Johnson created it it was a header from Rutherford in the first place from the goal kick Johnson one possession for Charlton when it looked like that wasn't possible Rutherford took it on headed towards a penalty area central position let Flyer with the left foot. Not for a second that the post had saved Birmingham, but it came back off the post, off the keeper. And unfortunately, that's probably going to go down as an own goal, and
1: it really shouldn't. Yeah, I think Matt doing the stadium PA today was, uh, has generously given that to, to Ella. I feel like that's so, a so Scrooge saying it, but that is an own goal, but it's a fine strike, wasn't it? She hit it so well that uh, Lucy Thomas was scrambling across the goal. and came off the post and hits Thomas and there's nothing she could do about it Um,
8: yeah I think it was a great team performance you know um it was important for us to bounce back after the international break um we set ourselves a few goals and targets uh main one for me was just how together we was on the pitch and uh you know you always knew the player next to you was working hard for you so I'm just really proud of the team's performance and obviously um a plus for you as well scoring inside five minutes what does that feel like doing that in front of the valley crowd yeah, it was an unreal feeling. Um, you know, it was positive for me because I've come through quite a tough pre-season. Just wanted to bounce back and help the team. So, uh, yeah, big goal for me. Um, could say the own goal was mine too, but I've got to take that on the chin. So, uh, yeah, just just really happy to get on the score sheet. Another personal plus for you as well this week, uh, making shortlisting the Championship Player of the Week. Um, tell the Alex to get voting for that one. What Another personal plus for you. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it means the world to me, you know. It's uh, I'm really humbled to be a part of, of that and uh it's just nice that you know your hard work's recognised and um yeah, just a positive for me really. It's first of many I hope and I'm just hoping to kick on now. Yeah, and obviously this weekend's big trip up to the northeast, take on Sunderland. A team a tough team. Um obviously last season twice they overtook they overdid the addicts. So what do you think needs to be done for this week to kind of get that victory? Um, you know, we've got a new group. Um Few new staff in and stuff, so I think that helps. Um, so we're not thinking too much about last season, but I think for me, like we know um, their strengths and and what they're gonna what they're gonna try and sort of come out to do. So we just got to focus on us this week. I think um, just like we do every week, and uh, just look to improve from last week's performance. So that's the main main priority for us this week.
1: Lovely, lovely stuff. That was the. Uh... Girls' first game at the Valley uh, so far this year. Uh, second win out of three games in the Women's Championship so far. Put them in third in the table, just above uh, Crystal Palace as well. It was a great, it was a great afternoon's entertainment there. We heard from uh, Ella Rutherford. Who, who got the scoring underway on four minutes. Um, she was a bit unlucky that the third goal will go down as an own goal. It was her long-range shot that hit the post and then hit the keeper uh, and then uh, went in. But I mean, it's, it's been a decent start for the for the Women's team, and and importantly. Um, they've already scored eight goals this season, which is almost a third of the way to the amount they scored last year. So they seem to have solved a bit of a problem they had last year, which is which is goals going, which is good. But um, yeah, an encouraging start to the season. It, we've seen the odd women's game, Nathan. It's uh, it's good to see that they've they've got off on on the right foot and, and uh, put the disappointment of that defeat against London City Lionesses behind them.
3: Yeah, of course. I think you know since Karen's come in, and obviously there's been some investment into the into the women's game. Um they've obviously started well and as like you say they narrowly lost out to London London City, you know, a established team. There's a lot of ex-Charlton women in there as well at um at London City. So yeah, it's a good start. You know, they're still above Palace, that's one thing. Uh, but they've got some good sides and They have got Bristol City and they you know, decent outfit, very hard to beat. Um but we've got a long way to go, but um yeah, it's a decent start, a lot better than the men's. Um so yeah, hopefully they can build momentum. And as you say, they're scoring a lot of goals now, which I think there were some points last season where they're probably struggling a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to see. And um, at least we could be positive about something about the club at the moment. eh?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, to put a negative spin on it, um, you know, the, the, the attendance at the Valley weren't all that on, on Sunday, Tom. You know, I think there's a hope that the the Lionesses winning the Euros in the summer is going to somehow provide a bit of a boost to the to, to Charlton's own women's team, as well as all the all the domestic women's teams but I don't know what what do you think it is the club need to do to make sure that they can ride on the crest of that wave get more people through the door at the Valley or at the Oakwood wherever the games happen to be
2: Yeah it's a difficult one and and obviously from I don't want to bring it necessarily back to the men's side but I only do because we've had the debate around the ticket prices there Um, and I think the the difficulty is there's lots of external factors around lots of that I, I think a lot of the possibly the younger fans who have watched the Euros are probably looking at some of the bigger teams at the moment and looking at the players. So, um, you know, if they know like a Chloe Kelly or whoever is going to be playing, they're they're maybe more likely to try and go to one of those teams. And lots of those players do play still in London. So again, if they're local, then maybe they're going to try and get to an Arsenal or Chelsea or something like that. So that's always going to be difficult for us. I suppose it's in some ways the same again with the men's team, uh, if they're more casual fans. But I think it's just going to take time. You know, you look at where the women's team were kind of post the the first iteration of them. It's been a very gradual step to to get that team back set up, to get that consistency under uh, Ratish and work their way back up. I think they're now stabilised in that second tier. And, you know, numbers aren't bad, but as you say, they're maybe not where we want to be um i i I don't know really that they can do much more there's lots of pr around it there's lots of marketing around it um i I think maybe yeah i don't know i would have liked to go i just had plans like i say some of the external factors around kind of cost of living and everything at the moment might be just a thing that it's just not at the moment a priority for people sadly but um Yeah, if if the team are performing well, again, I don't want to just bring it back to the men's, but we've said it about them. If you're seeing a good product and they're performing well, that will draw in crowds. And if the women are pushing for the Super League come the back half of this season, then if they did another game at the Valley, I'm sure attendances would would start to go up there as well. So, uh, yeah, there's no easy answer to it, sadly. Otherwise, it probably would be full every week. But I can see it improving slowly, bit by bit.
1: Excellent stuff. Well, good luck to the girls up at Sunderland uh, this uh, weekend. Right, let's uh, focus again back on the trip to Barnsley uh, for the men's team. The addicts travelling up to Oakwell uh, this Saturday. Looking forward uh, to the clash. Now, I wanted to get a little bit more uh, of a Barnsley point of view uh, of the game. So I spoke to Carlo van der Watering uh, from the Reds Report podcast. As I mentioned, uh, a Dutchman who's lived in Barnsley uh, for 30 years. Uh, Knows the club inside out, though, uh, on the Reds Report podcast. and asked him how he would describe the start uh, to Barnsley season so far? A
6: slow starter, probably, We uh, would be fair. Uh, and I think if you look back, we, we've we had a lot of difficult away games. So we started with Plymouth away. Uh, we've had Ipswich away. We've had Sheffield Wednesday away. But, um, you know, um, we listen, we beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-0 away. And as a Barnsley fan, you know, that makes your season, doesn't it? But um, we're gathering a bit of momentum. I think he found um, like a settled 11 uh, that will be hampered by the fact that our goalkeeper is now injured, and we got a uh, one of the players got a red card last Saturday, so he won't play on on Saturday. Um, but yeah, results are, are, are starting to come in. You know, sixth sixth in the table. Um, I think half of the fan base want immediate. Sort of promotion back to the championship. Um, I'm on the other side. I think um, a lot went wrong the last couple of years with the appointment of head coaches and players that we signed for big money that never played. The the the, the, the club lost a big part of the fan base, and I think there's a, there's a rebuild needed. And and they're they're on with that, and and they're doing the best. And and I would settle for a sort of comfortable mid table position and and really build a solid foundation to then hopefully go back to the championship but yeah last few weeks decent results um you know away win at cambridge last week they were unbeaten and, and with 10 men and the goal pe- goalkeeper going off winning their 3-0 so yeah things things are coming together nicely for bansley
1: yeah it's interesting you obviously seem to have your, your head screwed on in terms of what could be a a, a realistic expectation this season but you did mention a lot, a lot of fans are thinking about Promotion. I mean, do you think that is the prevailing opinion amongst the fan base that really you should be looking to go up again?
6: Listen, the fans want it. Of course, they do. The board will come out saying we want to get promoted. Every board in this league of any club will want to get promoted. But I think if if you look at it um, objectively, when you lose players like Callum Britton, Corley Woodrow, um, Calton Morris, I mean, they, they Callum Styles, you know, they, they were good players, and every single player that we've brought in. Uh, there's a couple on loan, but they were all on free transfers. Now that that doesn't reflect on if they're good or bad or whatever, but they're all very very young again. And I think um, it's 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 a difficult league. So if if we can just get find that settled eleven, have some decent results, comfortably to, come to go through the season, I think you've got a more solid base than to go up immediately. So I think people. Yeah, there's always fans that sort of demand it. But I think it, there's more important things, I think, for Barnsley as a club. They lost a lot of fans, a lot of damage was done. And I think they need to rebuild that trust um, in, in, in some of the fan base as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, c- could you give us a little bit more information on that on that mistrust between the ownership and, and the fans? Because you, I've picked up little snippets of the stories and there was things about the stadium as well. But where has this all, all stemmed to and where, where does it sit now?
6: And um, so the club was put up for sale by Patrick Crine when he had terminal cancer. Patrick Crine was a local lad who, who made was a self made millionaire, I suppose you can call him. And he sold it to a consortium people from America and China and all over the place. And uh, initially, they were the same owners that bought Nice. And Nice went from an half-decent league one to, like, Champions League. Um, and 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 their vision was that, uh, you know, we, we we buy players on, we develop them, we sell them for a profit, and, and that's going to generate money and everything. Big plans for the stadium. Uh, but half the stadium is owned by the council, and they don't want to sell. So we had a situation where two board members took each other to court uh, over... All sorts payments that were made that were that should have been made from their personal account, but they were made from the club accounts. Uh, we were with so our CEO left at the start of last season, um, and he went to Nottingham Forest. And um, the one of the board members, uh, Paul Conway, took temporary charge as a CEO. He bought two players from Belgium. Um, none of them played more than I think a match. Um, They apparently were signed on big money as well. Uh, they're both now on loan. One is it in Turkish second league, I think, and, and and the other one is back in Belgium, I believe. And it, it just felt that Barnsley, uh, Barnsley Football Club, for many people, is the only good thing about Barnsley. Uh, they've regenerated the town centre, and it, it looks really nice. They're building a new railway bridge, and I'm sure that will be impressive. But the football club is the focus, and it just felt that these people had come in and took away... What what mattered to the people of Barnsley? Um, now, they, listen. They knew they'd done wrong. The two members in question were voted out by the board, and two new members came onto the board. Uh, we have regular fan engagement now. So the board, the full board, is meeting again tomorrow in town with um, anybody that wants to come and ask questions. It's about open, you know, being open, transparency, but it. Um, Yeah, it just felt like, and if you look at some of the coaches we appointed the last season of the championship, I mean, it was a dreadful season. We had no, we've said in many interviews, we had no clue. uh, We had no DNA. You know, you'd like to think, if I do a preview for a Barnsley, I'd like to say, this is how we'll probably start. And this is what you can expect from Barnsley. We couldn't last season. And the coaches didn't know what they were doing. And in one of the interviews, it was, I think uh Callum Britton that said, I think it's something we need to work on training because we're a bit clueless. And I mean that, that says a lot. So um Michael Duff was appointed um early on in the in the summer. Um you know he calls himself a two-man club. He's, he's Burnley and his his previous club where he uh, he got promotion was at Northampton. So um he, and he, he seemed to have bought into the town and, and, and what it means to people. So things are looking a lot, lot better again. I think the club have learned from their mistakes. <laughs> and um, on the pitch, I think that's, that, that it's giving some reward as well because it seems to be settled again. There's a nice atmosphere inside the stadium. There's none of these leaflets of board out and everything else. So it's, it's going the right way.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, uh, Michael Duff did a, a good job last season with Cheltenham against us he took Cheltenham. four points off us. Yeah. And um yeah so I mean how, how has he settled in then? I mean, uh, your form's been a bit patchy. I noticed you haven't won consecutive league games yet this season, but you, you're up there in the it's not it's certainly not been a bad start. I mean yeah. has he has it's, he imprinted it, some of that no. DNA on the side?
6: Yes I think he um you know he said what well, every fan wants to hear when we said what what can we expect from a Barnsley app managed by Michael Duff? and he said sweat on the shirt and Again, for a town like that, that's all we want to see. And you have to be open and say, there's some there's some big teams in this league, and you, we will get beaten. We we will. But if you've given everything you possibly have, then that's that's fine. It's you know he, he don't want these prima donnas. He don't want divas in the team that don't think you know they can turn up to training late or do this. It, it's about graft and it's about hard work. So um, I think he, he had trouble. He, he he needed strikers. I mean Woodrow, Morris. Um, Adebayejo although he didn't start very often but still Schmidt we had on loan and he would lend him out and he's gone back again so we lost a lot of strikers and the only one we brought in is James Norwood um, now James Norwood knows this league um, wasn't really much fit so he, he's been sort of tinkering with you know who who can play where and I think he's found his solution now so Devante Cole was brought in really really early in the season he found it really hard he's getting regular starts and he's got now getting regular goals so the identity is back. You can compare it um, a little bit as the Bards in the Championship on the Valerian Ismail with uh, you know, the, the, the press and the triggers where we, we, we will press teams and, and try and force you know, mistakes in their own half to then sort of pounce on them. Um, but they are working hard and, and, and you can see that. So yeah, he is starting to develop. He's putting a stamp on a team that's mostly made up of, 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 of transfers that he oversaw during the summer.
1: Yeah, that's interesting as well because Charlton certainly likes to play it around at the back. So imagine if you are pressing us quite high and trying to force us into mistakes. There's there's always a mistake there uh, for you guys to try and take advantage of. So I mean, looking ahead to the game, then you've mentioned a few players at the moment. Who, who are your your most dangerous players that the Charlton fans need to be wary of?
6: Um, I think at, at, so. At the back, uh, Mads Anderson, who um, had a, a horrid start to a season at Barnsley, he's now the captain, number six. Just just so reliable. Um, I would mention Liam Kitchen, but he got a, uh, he got um, two yellows. I think so. He, he's not playing. Um, the midfield is a completely new look uh, midfield, and if I think about playing players that you need to keep an eye on. I think Norwood will probably start. Um, he He's shown experience and leadership, which, which is good. Devante Cole, um, if, if Davanti Cole starts with Norwood up front, you've got two completely different strikers. I think James Norwood is very much about the hustle and bustle and keeping hold of the ball. Davanti Cole is, is is quite tall, heads it on, shots from outside the area, and, and he's got goals in his last two or three, I think. So he's, he's hit a bit of form. Goalkeeper, um, both our regular goalkeepers are out. So, James uh, uh, Jamie Searle came in yesterday for the um, Papa John's Trophy, otherwise uh, fondly referred to as the Pizza Trophy, um, against the Newcastle under-21s yesterday. Uh, we brought in, I believe, a free agent from Huddersfield as a, a goalkeeper as well, just just for cover because we were a bit short in the area. Um, Luke O'Connell uh, came from Celtic, defensive midfielder. He's been really really good at sort of like directing the play from from midfield and if he starts and i don't know if he will because he started yesterday uh Josh Martin from Norwich uh really exciting player played out on the left and just made things happen uh fantastic balls and it's it's the service into our strikers that's been a problem and with the appointment or the you know the the, the fact that, that Martin's come in, uh, he showed yesterday what he's capable of and, and, and yeah, lots of fans. I say lots of fans, there were about two thousand there, really excited with what they saw. So um yeah, and I think for for Barnsley it's it, it's it's all about the midfield because the game is about pressing and giving the defense as little to do as, as, as possible. And I think the away match at chef Wednesday not just for the results but we never gave them a moment to settle build momentum or, or play their way and and that paid off and we did the same again at Cambridge on Saturday so I think that's what you can expect bearing in mind though we've performed better away from home than at home so far this season so um it'll be interesting to see if, if bansley can you know continue that winning way at home this time
1: there we go thank you to Carlo for definitely the best accent we've had on on Charlton Live in a long time uh and, and uh, giving us a giving us a good lowdown on, on a on a barnsley side to sit in sixth i mean they're, they're only three points ahead of us and we're sitting all the way down in 14th that shows just how tight um the league one table is this season but you know on, on the back of a couple of strange years uh, relegated from the championship uh, as well last season barnsley uh, a couple of years too late for us unfortunately <laughs> they were the ones who whose last minute goal at brentford uh sort of uh, put us into the, the relegation zone in the very last minute of that season that we went down when we were losing 4-0 at Leeds. Still blame Barnsley and Brentford. I don't blame us for losing at Leeds. Um, and uh, yeah, they're they're back in League One now. And I don't know, uh, realistically, do you see them as challengers this year, Naif?
3: I think you'd have to put them up there. I think when you come down from the championship, the Championship, you'll have a lot of players who can pl- probably still play at that level. Not all of them, otherwise they probably would have stayed up. But... You'd you'd have to put them up there, uh, you know, in the in the top six, without a doubt. So it's going to be a tricky game. You, like, we touched on Devante Cole earlier. He started well. Um, you've got their full-back Jordan Williams, I, I, I like. Um, so they've got some good players. Um, but, yeah, it, it, League One, anyone can beat anyone in this league, apart from us in the last five games, obviously. But um, it's going to be a tough game. But I would expect them to be there or thereabouts. Because, like you say, they've been sort of up and down, a bit of a yo-yo uh, sort of team between the two divisions but it's still going to be a tricky game and as Tom said earlier usually you'd go point away at Barnsley and I love that thank you very much but um, in the sort of predicament we're in at the moment I'd probably still take a draw but hopefully we can try and nick one somehow and just try and have that cutting edge that we've been lacking in recent weeks.
1: Yeah Michael Duff obviously the manager now um, had a good record against us last year for, for Cheltenham um, but yeah, just as we said, just arresting that slide is quite important to us, but it would be interesting to see how we how we face a, a Barnsley side who have uh, never won more than uh, one league game in a row this season, so that they'll have that at the back of their mind, but got, did get a good uh, Papa John's trophy win over Newcastle in midweek as well, so they'll be full of confidence and, and obviously hoping to put on a show at home, Tom.
2: Yeah, exactly, and and that's the worry. Like like Nath just said there as well, we're we're coming up against a very good side. Obviously, that three 0 away their last game, so not shy of goals. Uh, they're in that top six. Um, yeah, and and I think you know it's not going to be an easy game. I think the one, perhaps, I say consolation. Um, but you look up there, they have conceded nine goals. So I think we've um, we've maybe conceded eleven. I think so. We're only a couple ahead of them there. So i would expect goals um in in terms of both sides but and the other thing is they have been their last four games you know they have been a bit up and down um i think two wins two draws and a loss so they've got a bit of everything in there now the only difference with us obviously is the fact that we've not got a win in that last five but um yeah it's going to be a tough one we were talking earlier weren't we about one of the times we were there and and lost which uh was my only visit to the stadium so not a happy trip but um yeah, maybe, you know, we've gone up against two sides that were a little bit further down the league and uh and struggled. Maybe we can go to one of the, the better teams, like we did against uh Derby at home or even Plymouth who I think are now sitting in the top three. Maybe that's the sort of uh, sort of game where actually we can get something. So who knows with this league? It's always difficult to tell. It's difficult to know what sort of chart will turn up. But um yeah, I'm I wouldn't say I'm confident, but uh yeah, it would be it'd be obviously lovely to, to start to turn our fortunes around a little bit.
1: Mm, Yeah, it has been a happy hunting ground for us in the past. My first ever uh, visit to Oakwell, we won 6-0. To be fair, it's only gone downhill uh, from there. So let's see how we can get on uh, this Saturday. Now, right, I did say we'll end the show on a bit of a nice point. Um, A couple of weeks ago, Reese Williams, uh, the head of the coaching uh, in the academy, took... Uh, the uh, under 13, under 14s team out to Madrid for the Madrid Cup. A uh, remarkable uh, competition uh, where they're allowed to face some pretty high profile teams. Now, let's hear from Reese. He could tell us all about uh, the tournament they went and played
9: in. Yes, yeah, so, I uh, had an unbelievable experience going to the Madrid Cup with a mixture of our under 13s and 14s. Left from the training ground on the Thursday morning, uh, flew from Gatwick to Madrid, uh, competed on the the Friday with three fixtures uh, in a group of six, there were four groups of six, uh, with the top two going through to the quarterfinals. So we had three games uh, on the Friday, two group games on the Saturday, and were successful in uh, getting through to the semifinal, uh, sorry, to the quarterfinals. finishing second in the group behind Real Madrid, who we lost to in the first game rather nervously. Um, but uh, the boys did incredibly well. Uh, and then we finished up by uh, winning against Rayo Vallecano, the Spanish team, in the uh, semi-final and then Antalya Spor from Turkey to finish fifth in a competition of 24 teams behind basically Bar- uh, Barcelona, Real, Atletico Madrid who won it and uh, Laganes from Spain. So an unbelievable achievement. Um, some of the bigger clubs behind us included Arsenal, PSG, Uh, Porto so we were in amongst the real uh, European giants so from a football perspective it was an incredible experience for our players. Um,
5: What role did Valley Gold play in the trip?
9: Without Valley Gold this trip wouldn't have happened. Um, We're very very fortunate that Valley Gold are supporting the academy in a number of ways. Probably the biggest part of that is firstly the the transport that brought us down to the airport and collected us with Bob and the team driving um, so valley gold have, have provided those uh, mini buses for us and and they're funded entirely a, a, a very expensive competition that was 10 well between 10 and twenty thousand pounds is my understanding so an incredible commitment financially to enable our boys to have this brilliant experience um, as i said without it we just couldn't possibly do these things and uh, um, we're in- incredibly grateful for the support of the supporters that back the fund and, and, and for the staff, Sharon and Matt at, uh, at Valley Gold, who are working very closely with Steve all the time, Academy Manager, or Academy Director now, sorry. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we're eternally grateful that we can have these incredible life changing opportunities for our players and, and for the staff
1: there we go really a really fascinating story and a, a, that must have been such an experience uh, for those young lads finishing fifth in that competition with uh, uh, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona and Leganés, I think it's a second division team in Madrid, uh, finishing ahead of them and then uh, and they, they the addicts were finished ahead themselves of the likes of Arsenal uh, and PSG. So I mean, that's a, that that must be a remarkable a remarkable experience for those young boys and you know Thomas Sangard promised us European football within 13 years or whatever it was. Well we finally got there, Nafe.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah we did we played against the big boys of Spain and obviously held our own um, but yeah in, in all seriousness I think you know it's a good thing obviously uh, and for the youngsters to have that experience and I think it just shows the the you know the progress of you know what the academy are doing from Steve Avery all the way down to to Reece Williams and it's and they're learning their trade at a young age and that's probably why we've got such a good academy because we bring them up all the way through and and obviously, obviously the proof is in the pudding with all the, what we have produced. So hopefully, um, it was a good experience for the young lads. And hopefully, we can see you not know, well, I would say in the near future. But, you know, we seem to be getting younger and younger with the yeah. people in the first no, team. So they might of, be starting on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Someone's probably <laughs> playing up front with Jaden on Saturday. So, yeah, look forward to that. <laughs>
1: Uh, Excellent stuff Well, um, as uh, Rhys mentioned there A lot of that uh, funding came from from Valley Gold. I think all of the funding uh, so it does just go to show that you know that is fans putting their their money where their mouth is. So, you know if Leo Rifkin's listening, it's not like the fans aren't supporting the club uh, and the development of the club and and the development of those young lads who will hopefully go on uh, to represent the addicts in the future. Right, we've almost come to the end of the show. I just wanted to mention uh, the Football Supporters Association uh, awards. The uh, nominations are open uh, for this year's awards now we've been nominated three times out of the last four years never won it though the club podcast of the year uh, at the very least i want to get nominated again because when we get nominated we get free dinner and free drinks and stuff so i want to go to that uh, ideally i'd like to win it but if you could go to the fsa uh, twitter account which is we are the fsa uh, just find the link to, to nominate us for that uh, Club Podcast of the of the Year Award. We'd be really grateful because, uh, as I said, Nathan hasn't eaten for weeks. He wants a free dinner. Uh, so if you guys could do that, we'd be, uh, we'd be really pleased. Right, thanks for listening uh, to this week's Charlton Live, the big uh, match preview. Thanks to everyone uh, who's got involved. Looking forward to seeing you up at uh, Barnsley uh, on Saturday. Don't forget to keep uh, an eye out for the likes of Lewis and Benji after the game to give your views uh, after the performance. And also, you can have your say on the show uh, by emailing us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk or tweeting us at Charlton Live after the game in, in ahead of Sunday's show. Right, thank you to Tom and to Nate for joining me on this week's Big Match Preview.
2: Cheers, lads.
3: Cheers, boys. Up to Belgium.
1: Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure, as always. Well, they're four minutes in, I'm assuming. Wales are at least 1-0 down by now, but we'll find out uh, as soon as we finish the show. Right, I'm Louis Mendez. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we shall see you again on Sunday. <laughs>